Welcome to the Apostolic Girl Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, and today on the podcast, we are going to be talking to Melody Wedergren, and Melody is the owner of Tune Bucket. Um, Tune Bucket is an online piano teaching or piano learning uh, space where Melody walks women who've been discouraged to learn the piano through her own online program. Um, and we're going to hear about that today. She does at your own pace lessons. Um, and Melody and I, Melody and I have been friends for on Instagram uh, for a little while yet. And I've been so excited to have her on the show. Hi, Melody. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited about being on your podcast. I feel just such a kindred spirit with you. And I feel like that we are already friends, even though we haven't met in person. I know, I feel that way too. <laughs> and I, I feel like I wish I knew more about you because I know that the little bit that I know is not all that you do. I've seen your Instagram posts where you lead music for your church and you're just really active at the, I think, last camp or the year before you were at my daughter's mm -hmm. um annual camp and you were leading music there so you're involved in a whole lot of a lot a lot of things maybe we'll touch on some of that today but can you start off our audience with um how you became an apostolic melody sure so i was actually raised in church both of my parents were in church okay and um I have just been in church my entire life it's all i know and it's been the best life um, I think that anyone could live. Amen. And did your were your parents first generation, or did it go back to your uh, grandparents? Uh, my dad was first generation. He was actually the first person in his family to come to church. Wow. And then my mother has more of a history. Um, I think maybe three or four generations before her. Okay. Wow. So, um, did they meet? They met in church. They did. Actually, my dad was doing some work in Texas, and that's how he met my mom. My mom lived in Texas. My dad is originally from California. Oh. So um, they met and married and lived there, and that's where I was raised. In Texas? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So you don't, do you have a Southern drawl or what? Uh, you know, people hear it. <laughs> they, they tell me that I do. When I get tired, I say, I, you know, it, it's like it comes out sometimes when I get tired. They say you, you can take a girl out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of a girl. <laughs> but now I don't you live in California now? I do. I do. I've lived here for three and a half years now. Okay. So you had to leave your parents to come or did they come too? Um, I actually left home when I was 18. I'm 37 now. So I've been gone for quite a while. Oh my word. Um, you look actually... so young. I would never have guessed <laughs> that number. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate looking no. young, but also I do appreciate the experience that life has given me. Yeah. Um, so some years teach you some things. So I left home when I was 18. I actually went to Jackson College of Ministries. Okay. In Jackson, Mississippi, I graduated from there, and then I was privileged to work at First Church in Natchez, Mississippi for um, around 12 years. Wow. What'd you do there? Music? Mm -hmm. Music. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Did you go to college for music? I did. I did. So at that time, um, Jackson was a big school for music. They were 
big on music conferences. Probably, um, you know, if people heard the name Lanny Wolf, they would know that from back in the 80s. Um, Dee Dee Cooley was the dean of music there. So it had a great history, rich history of music, wow. church style music. And so I went there just because I, I loved the recordings they would put out, the live recordings, and then just the spirit of the um, college. So it's actually shut down now. Okay. But it was um, one of those amazing experiences for me. All right. Now, when I introduced you, um, I kind of touched a little bit about what you do. I touched on that just basically. I was reading your Instagram bio, my girl. And so that's, <laughs> that's, uh-huh. the extent hey, that's perfect. of what I know. So come on and tell us what exactly do you do and what does that mean? When you say on your Instagram bio that you help women who are discouraged learn the piano, that just like struck a chord in my heart because I'm sure there are so many, many people out there um, that want to know what that means. And where did that burden come from? You know, I... I hear the same story from women all the time and it's, I took piano lessons when I was younger, but I quit and I regret it. Wow. And I find women who are in positions where their church has no musician. Um, either they are attending the church or they're the pastor's wife and they're trying to learn. They desperately want to play, but when you start taking piano lessons, it can be a little bit confusing um, when teachers present music in a way that's overcomplicated and they're wanting to teach you these fancy chords and, and too much information at one time. And, um, you know, I'm dealing with women who um, are wives and mothers or they have full-time jobs. And I know what it's like to, to really try to carve out just 15 minutes to practice, mm-hmm. you know, and then you carry this guilt that you you can't progress like the 17 and 18 year olds can, and you can't learn as much as they do. But um, I've learned from my own experience that being able to break it, break piano down in a way that's attainable um, really gives women like a second hope when it comes to playing because they can learn to play. And um, I have seen women grow in a way that's been so encouraging for me. It's, it's like a cyclical effect. Like I want to encourage other, other people, but really they're encouraging mm-hmm. me. I, I totally get that. That's really awesome <laughs> how that works. Mm-hmm. So I do um, lessons at your own pace, which works for people who don't like feeling pressure. They don't like being in a, a lesson where they feel compared to other people. And then also do piano coaching, which um, helps people, specifically with um, certain needs they may have at that that moment in their playing or in their church. And um, it's just a lot of fun. I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Wow. Is this your only um, business or are you also working another job or doing another business? How is this self-supporting, Melody? So when I moved to um, California, it was to do music. Okay. For our local church. Okay. So I do that as well as um, Tune Bucket. Okay. Um, 
because I've seen your apartment on Instagram. Is that what you're, those, that cute little minimalistic, stylish <laughs> place that you take pictures yes, in? Yes. And I'm thinking yes. to myself, if this young lady lives in California and she's got a cute little place like that, she, Toon Bucket must be doing really well. You know what? Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> if, if there's one thing God has taught me in the last five years, it is that he provides. I love it. I love that. He does. And that little apartment I found, I searched every location within 20 minutes of where I live right now. Went to every apartment, asked my best friend. I about drove her crazy. Finally, a month into apartment searching, she told me, I'm not going anywhere else with you. You have to choose. (laughs) (laughs) So I found a place that was um, just an amazing location, the cheapest rent in the area. Wow. Um, I have the best landlords. And when I moved out here, I sold everything I owned. Okay. So I came out here with only what would fit in my car, which was basically my clothes, my shoes, my keyboard, and my dog. And how long ago was that? (laughs) That was three and a half years ago. I'm sure your dog was happy that you chose uh, your dog to come along with you. Is it a boy or a girl? He's a boy. He's a boy. cross he's eight years old and he sat on the console for the two-day drive out here and he (laughs) just was up for the ride you know by the time he got out here he was so exhausted but I um just I guess I have the gift of bargain savvy Mm -hmm. and I've learned to some stuff in my house I got for free yeah um a lot of stuff I found on an app called let go which is basically people selling other things yeah it's like Craigslist that that they Mm -hmm. own Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then just, I guess there's a determination in me that's going to find something at the right price. And I just kept looking until I found stuff that uh, furniture that I could put in my apartment. So, but that. thank you. I, um, I'm proud of my, um, piano wall. If you see my yes, piano I wall, I kind of, I like faux wallpapered it. It's actually contact paper from Dollar Tree, and I did the whole wall for ten dollars. Super so cute. All of your, I may have you come over and decorate my area. <laughs> if you're really close, we're gonna have to meet up. We just gonna we're just gonna have to make that happen. Um, we need I to. know we need to. So tell me, let's get back to Tune Bucket. I want to know how that started. So I know that you studied music and um, you've been in music for a long time now. And you actually came to California for that purpose. Um, Tell me, how did Tune Bucket start? So Tune Bucket was actually my dad's idea. And when he first came to me with the idea, I was like, yeah, no, I don't think that's for me because <laughs> I, I mean, just between me and you and your listeners, <laughs> I did not enjoy teaching piano lessons. Ah. Um, and I feel so guilty saying that as a, as a, a teacher. piano teacher, but I, the reason I didn't enjoy it is because when I would do in-person lessons, I would have students come to me who didn't practice okay, and, or their parents were making them come and it felt like a drudgery for me and them. Oh. And I, I just really want to live a fulfilled life and, and be able to enjoy even my work. So um, anyway, long story short, when I did start diving into teaching online, it felt very fulfilling for me because the people that I was hearing from, my students were people who actually wanted to learn. Oh, I love that. Okay, let's stop there for mm-hmm. a minute. What you Mm -hmm. did was you took your talent and you carved out a little niche, or some people say niche. Well, anyway, you carved Mm -hmm. out a little circle of people 
that um, that you could minister to and teach that would be fulfilling for you. I love that. So you already mm-hmm. knew in your mind and from your experiences that just teaching people that were obligated, forced to do this by their parents was not going to be fulfilling. But finding people that were discouraged would be something that would fill you and and propel you forward and motivate you. I love that because there Mm -hmm. are so many people that, you know, try businesses and they don't like it. and, and And they give up on the whole thing altogether. When actually, if you just take a step back and you kind of narrow your focus down to who would be my ideal customer the target that I'd like to reach for right yes because when I started I was doing piano lessons bass lessons I wanted to to do drum lessons I was doing piano lessons for kids and then I pivoted and I was trying to focus all on kids and it's like nothing was working Mm. you know for me like it just didn't click and when I made the jump and it was scary to make the jump to only teach women, I thought, well, here I go, sink or swim, like either two uh-huh. buckets going to be alive in a year, or I'm going to be like washing dishes Love or something. It. I don't know. Yes. But uh-huh. I just, I just made the jump and it, it clicked. That's awesome. Okay. Speaking about making the jump, let's, let's make the jump onto our topic today, which is fear. And mm-hmm. um, so it sounds like you had some fear. We, uh, before we started the podcast, you were telling me about um, just overcoming fear in your life. And, and let's go ahead. Let's bring the listeners up to date on that. Just some things that you can share about your life experiences and how fear has been just something you've, you've overcome and, and continually mm-hmm. overcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. I, I do continually overcome it. Um, I, looking back on my life, I have realized in the last few years that I've lived with this underlying fear and I didn't even really know that it was there. Um, I remember when I first started singing in church, I was afraid to really give it my all because either I was afraid that I would mess up and that would look bad on me, or I was afraid of what people would think. Um, Even in playing as a young adult, I remember not wanting to play too fancy because I felt like that, either I would make a mistake and look foolish mm-hmm. or I would try something and um, people would make fun of me. And looking back on that, I realized that that thread throughout my life was paralyzing mm. me and it was limiting me. And actually I believe limiting God to work through me. One thing I I teach our team over and over is that we can pray God use me, but the only thing that can stand in the way between God using you is you. Now tell me what you mean by that. So I can pray God anoint me to um, worship lead tonight in our service. Give me the words to say, but if I step on the platform and I'm so bound by fear that I won't say anything I see. And I won't lead. I am, people can see that I'm nervous and afraid and I'm allowing that fear to overtake me in a way where it paralyzes me. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that I've learned about fear is that it's, I've looked at it as a form for me as a form of pride. If I'm afraid I'm going to fail, if I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake, if I'm going to, if I'm afraid I can't do it, What's the common denominator? It's me. So I have to go back to why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing this for God. So when I pray, I say, God, 
you've given me this talent. I'm going to grow it as much as I can. I'm going to do my best for you so that when I step on the platform, when I sit behind a keyboard, I'm going to play my very best because I'm not doing it for my glory, but I'm doing it for your glory. And that mentality freed me from feeling so paralyzed by what other people may think. That's good. So good. Do you, are you okay if we talk about um, something that's happened in your life recently that I'm sure was probably the scariest thing that you had to face? Absolutely. Um, I know just because you are um, just so real and so authentic on social media um, that you recently lost your mom. And mm -hmm. um, being really close to my mom, I just, I felt for you when you, when you, when I was reading those posts, like I would just feel for you and pray for you. Can you, can you, would you mind? I know it's been recent and I want you to feel safe. Like just, this is a safe place and you don't have to talk about mm -hmm. anything that's, that you don't feel comfortable with. But I would love for you to share um your fear with your mother's diagnosis and how you got through that and how you're getting through now. Mm -hmm. um, my fear with my mother's diagnosis was, was that the worst would happen, that she would pass away. How long was she diagnosed and what was she diagnosed with? Can you let the listeners know? Mm -hmm. She was diagnosed with breast cancer in February of 2019 and she passed away April 22nd of 2020. Um, and I had to keep reminding myself that me carrying the fear, me carrying the worry wasn't going to fix anything. And it wasn't allowing me to place the situation in God's hands. Because no matter what life brings us, we're all in the hands of God and there are no better hands to be in. So, um, Melody, you must mother... have had a really strong mother for you to be able to have that perspective at such a young age. You must have had a really strong mother. You know, she sent me a video about, uh, maybe two weeks before she passed away. And she was like, she would always say the same thing. I'm in the hands of God. Um, the best thing you can do for me is pray. And I remember sometimes when I would get sick when I was younger, she'd say, Melody, my mom used to tell me you're not going to live one day longer than the Lord allows, and you're not going to die one day before the Lord allows. So basically, relax. You're in the hands of God. Wow. And it, it's true. It's so true. And when I think about where she is now and think about heaven, um, there's no place that I would rather her be than heaven. Were you afraid when, when she told you that she had breast cancer? I, I'm sure that there was a little bit of fear, but you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. Yeah. And I've just, 
found a strength, not in my own self, but in God through it all, because what is this world? What hope do we have in this world? I mean, especially 2020, yeah. you know, I think we're all looking for a ticket to heaven. Yeah, so um, true. <laughs> right, right now. But when I look at the big picture of, you know, the fragility of life, if that's even a word, I'm not trying to sound smart. No, I get it. <laughs> how, how fragile life is. I mean, the ultimate goal is for us to, to really make it to heaven. And so when we're faced with that reality, um, of course, I didn't want to lose my mom and I've been devastated over it. I mean, you have your moments where you're okay and you have your moments where you're not okay. And that's just how grief works. Yeah. So I really just really had to place it in the hands of God. And in those moments where it would overwhelm me, I would just have to say out loud, God, I'm putting it back in your hands. That's good. Do you feel like, and I guess I'm asking this question because I lost my stepdad earlier in the year in February of 2020. And I felt um, a little bit, a few weeks before he passed and then even up until now, like a special grace or something like God just kind of came in and started carrying me in a way that, mm -hmm. that I didn't realize I was going to have that kind of strength. Do you know what I'm, do you, do you feel some of that? The, the way that I have felt that is through my church family. That's good. They've loved me and reached out to me and I don't, I'm putting on a brave face right now. I don't want to, uh, anybody to listen to this and think like, well, it hasn't been hard. It's been hard. It's been difficult. But the strength that I have, that I've gotten from, you know, my pastor and pastor's wife, my church family really shows the beauty of the church, especially in seasons where we're grieving. That's so good. I can totally relate to that. I remember the day that my stepdad passed away. The most important call that I got that day. Now, I was already surrounded by immediate family. Um, so no one from the immediate family called, you know, because we were all together. But the most important mm -hmm. call that I got from the outside, meaning not someone not blood related, was from my pastor. And it just, mm -hmm. just hearing his voice, it was a voicemail he left. He was actually traveling and in the airport and he left me a voicemail and just hearing his voice um, say that he, you know, he would be praying uh, for me just brought so much comfort. And, um, and then subsequently the rest of the church family that friends that reached out to me through text and calls and stuff. So you're so right about the family of God, just just coming in and helping to to heal those wounds now your your mom is just recently gone and so I want to know I, I'm sure we all want to know like how are you even able to make this podcast like how are you not in a puddle of tears like how are you getting through each day and going to work and like are you just doing this because you're making your mom proud or was God carrying you supernaturally what's happening tell us you know, it, it, it has to be God. That's the only explanation because there are moments when I'm, I'm just a mess, Really, you know, Latin. 
Of course. Last week, I attended uh, my friend's mother's funeral, and after that, I, it felt like the day my mom passed away. I just, I couldn't function the rest of the day. Mm. And that's how grief, that's how grief comes. And that's why I really, really want my social media channels to be authentic. I don't share about grief because I want people's empathy, even though I appreciate it, but I want people to know that life is real and it's okay to struggle with grief. It's okay to have days where you're just a mess. It's okay to struggle in your piano playing. It's okay to be afraid, but you push through all of that and you can overcome all of that. That's good. Wow. Okay. So how, how do you put it in the hands of God? Let's get down to the brass tacks. What does that mean for somebody who's listening and doesn't know what that means? For me, and this may be very basic, but I will say out loud, God, I'm putting this back in your hands. I can't carry it. Okay. And then what happens after that? Do you feel a difference? And then I... I do. I'll go on about my day. And if I feel that feeling come again, I say out loud, God, I cannot carry this. I'm putting it back. And sometimes I'll even make a motion like here, I'm putting it back in your hands. You're going to have to, I can't do it. I love that. That's simple, but it's good. I love it. It's helped me. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure you're helping a lot of people who's listening because I know that it's just hard when, when Christian people talk and they're, saying, you know, I just give it to God and God's invisible. And, and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. How do, what does it look mm-hmm. like to put something back into God's hands? Like he has no hands, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. um, thank you for explaining that. You know, it, it, with her diagnosis, I didn't let myself, I, I did think about her death, but I didn't let myself dwell there. Okay. Um, and then she went downhill so quickly um, within two weeks, she was, she had already passed away. Really? Mm-hmm. So it was, um, a little bit of shock and I was able to fly home to help take care of her because the last week she was bedridden and, um, you know, during COVID, yeah. so the, you know, this, the mental stress at that point was just exponential. So, um, so my mom was my biggest supporter when it came to Toon Bucket, and she actually worked in the business. So when it comes to feeling her loss, I feel it all the way around. I see. Um, I'm having to take on more hats and more responsibility because she's gone. And because she declined so quickly, there was no like transition of this is what you do. It was just like, I remember, and I might cry. It's okay. I remember the day I realized that was the last message, the last text message I would ever get Mm. from my mom. Oh, Melody. And so, you know, there are parts of my business that I ran on my own, but I did depend on her. And me sharing my grief with publicly on Instagram, I've been so blessed 
by the outpouring of love from people. I've received gifts from people I've never met. Wow. It's been so beautiful. Um, so, and my mother in her passing has really inspired me to keep going, even in a greater way. I feel like really? everything that, everything that she worked for, the years of her driving me to piano lessons. I mean, she drove an hour and a half one way every week <laughs> to take me to piano lessons. Wow. And so me doing the best job that I can playing, me doing the best job that I can with this tune bucket is almost like a tribute to her legacy. Melody, my heart is just breaking right now. I'm so sorry that I asked you to do a podcast when this was so fresh and raw for you. No, I, I, I don't mind it. Like I said, I, I don't mind if people hear me cry. I want them to see that life is real for everybody because sometimes we see highlights on podcasts or highlights on social media and it becomes unrelatable because life is not about highlights. Yeah, true. And especially this year, life is hard for so many people. Mm-hmm. And to know that we are all in the same boat. Yeah, so true. To me is encouraging. And actually, we've been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Hasn't it? It's been months. It's been a while. It has. I'm not, I just want to make sure you know I'm not exploiting your hurt because that, that would really pain me. Oh, I completely understand. And I appreciate, I appreciate your sensitivity. Um, I, um, I was just really excited about how excited you were to be on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're like laughing and crying at the same time. I'm sure if we were together in the same room, we'd be hugging right now, but know that I am. I really admire your ability to um, pick up and and allow God to heal you, to move on and to continue to give back, which is what I see you doing. You're giving back to discouraged women that are waiting on you to help them learn the piano. Mm-hmm. I love that part of your uh, business is that you're catering to the discouraged and that really blesses me um how exactly i have to just say this this might even make you laugh but i i really don't even know what you do like i can't even imagine how do you learn the piano and not be with the person in the same room how does that work oh that's a good question so um video is how i teach all of my lessons how can someone learn the piano if you're not if you're on a video, I don't understand. So they can see. So it would would be just like if you went to a piano lesson and you recorded it on your phone. So you're seeing the person, you're seeing their hands, they're explaining to you exactly what they're doing. So you can take that home and you can pause it. You can play that exact chord. You can replay it. Um, You can go to the scrub to the exact spot where you need help with. Okay. Um, 
and then you can get the explanation, see and hear what they're doing. I see. So is it live with the person? Is it one-on-one or group? Uh, some of the lessons are pre-recorded the at your own pace are pre-recorded and then the coaching group is live. I see. Okay. And, and are you accepting new students? So, uh, enrollment just closed for at your own pace lessons, but the inner circle, which is the coaching group will be opening in September. Okay. And, um, how would someone find you? if they were interested in, in joining your, uh, your groups. Okay. So they can go to the tunebucket.com or tunebucket piano lessons on Instagram or Facebook. Okay. And then do they, is it, um, how long is the program? It's, um, open-ended. So if you want to stay in for two months, that's perfectly fine. If you want to stay in for a year, that's perfectly fine. Okay. And what's the end result is to um, raise their confidence in playing or the end result is to, what's the end result? To give them the tools that they need to play to break down playing in a way where it's not difficult. Learning to play the piano should not be difficult. Um, it's to inspire and encourage them when they get discouraged Mm. and it's to help them with whatever issue arises in the inner circle. We have like the class we just closed was how do I play that? Or we just did this week was how do I play that? And so I have people submitting songs or asking me, can you play this song for me? And so I'm breaking it down, showing them they're seeing my hands. Okay. These are the notes that I play. This is how I work through this song. And it's, I feel like playing the piano is a constant learning process because there's always new songs. There's always new tricks. There's always new runs. Wow. Um, there's always new technology to, to try to learn. And so it's a lot of fun. Melody, I could totally see this such being such a tremendous blessing to apostolic ministers and their wives that have a small church and 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 need to have their wife or daughter or someone uh have some coaching with with you online what a what an amazing blessing that would be to have coaching from another apostolic person well what else would you like to leave our audience with um as we wrap up the show Well, there's one thing I say at the end of all of my Facebook and Instagram live videos, and it's, if no one has told you today, know that I believe in you. And there's something about the power of those words for me that have been life-giving. And so I hope that's the same for somebody else. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for those words. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing the deepest parts of your heart with us today, Melody. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, that does it for today's show. And uh, we will see you all back again in a few days with another podcast. Hey, this is Kelly. I have a quick message to all of my international listeners. Do you know that there's a God who's alive that is available to heal you and remove all distress and anything that you might be struggling with? Let me show you how to find him. He is super easy to get to, and he has so much love waiting for you. So the first thing I want you to do is download a Bible app on your phone. Download any Bible app, 
any translation. My favorite is King James, but download the Bible app on your phone. That's the first thing you're going to do. Now, the Bible is broken up into chapters and verses. I want you to, after you download the Bible app, is go to the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, Acts. Go to the book of Acts and go to chapter 2 and look at verse 37 and verse 38. I'm going to read it to you. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That means they were asking, Wow, what can we do to know this God? Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. That means to turn away from your sin and be baptized. To be baptized means to be submersed in water completely. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of this God. His name is Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. That means the removal of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, this God has so many gifts for you, but the one he wants to really give you is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you'll know that by speaking in another language, which we call tongues.